1: Back in full force. Welcome to the RB1 Colonist Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by faketeams.com. I am your humble host, returning at last. Peter Rogers, joined as always by Jonathan Barnett
0: and Clark
1: Barnes. Guys, how are you?
0: <laughs> I told everybody you needed you know, time to sleep for that kind of energy.
1: <laughs> exactly. I was busily hibernating along the uh, northern Minnesota coast up around Lake Superior for the week. So uh, I have now come out of hibernation and I am ready to uh, grab this fantasy football season by the cojones and ride it to a championship.
2: I'm (laughs) not sure that's how that works, but I'm for it. I'm
1: also running out of cojones to ride because there have just been a plethora of big name injuries, which we will get into, but this, uh, this season and I'm, it's something that like there needs to be stats and, and I'm sure there are stats and tracking about everything and anything because it's the NFL. But I, I just feel like that, this season has lost big name starters more so than other seasons in the past. And I could be completely fabricating that, but that's the, that's the, just the feeling I have.
2: I feel like I have that feeling every year. So I would like right. to see the data.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure there have been seasons in the past where we've lost, but just like piecing it together. means like David Johnson, Odell Beckham, now, Aaron Rodgers. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, who's, you know, if you play IDP or just in general fantasy, uh, really Dalvin way. Cook. Yeah. Julian Edelman. The list goes on. Uh, anyway, so welcome, everyone. This is, of course, <laughs> our Monday night, Tuesday podcast in which we will be recapping week six action and giving you just a loaddown from every single game about all the fantasy information you could possibly need to know. But before we start... We wanted to introduce a new segment uh, to this show, a new weekly segment, in which basically we offer up what we give players who have helped no one in the week prior. And we discuss which one we pick, which one helped the least amount of people, because this happens every week, right? Every week, either... You have big name players who are in a lot of starting lineups who don't perform, or you have huge games from players who are on no one's lineups. And so their fantasy performance is completely wasted because no one benefited from it. And so we tweeted this out this week. I just picked players uh, who were on no one's lineups who had big games, uh, who had a lot of fantasy production. And we tweeted out our list and we published it also on FateTeams.com. Uh, On the list, we had Chris Ivory, who had nine catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Aldrick Robinson, who had two catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Cordell Patterson had three rushing attempts, including uh, for 55 yards and a touchdown. Ryan Fitzpatrick came in to take over for the injured Jameis Winston, threw for 290 yards with three touchdowns and two picks. And, of course, the Saints defense blew everyone's minds and came up with five sacks, three interceptions, and three touchdowns against the Detroit lions and so we posted that out to get your guys the listenership the people of the rb1 podcast your guys's input uh and our own but let's start with you john what who helped
0: the least number of people this week i think it has to be fitzpatrick right i mean like some of these other guys are like well you didn't start him, Uh, fitzpatrick you didn't roster him right i mean (laughs) He's the backup quarterback. You don't roster. There's several starting quarterbacks we don't roster. He was the backup, and he came in and went crazy in a way that that we've been waiting for Winston to do all year, and he hasn't. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's Fitzpatrick. Just I mean, that was great. And it gives me my favorite weird stat of this week is the touchdown from uh, Fitzpatrick to Brait in early in their comeback there is the first time a Harvard quarterback is thrown to a Harvard receiver for a touchdown. You know, Harvard hey, catcher ever. Finally, finally, something good for those Ivy Leaguers. Finally, <laughs> they finally have something to toot their horns about. Something going their way just once.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a hot take all loaded up. But, John, finally, something good for the Ivy Leaguers. I'm <laughs> speechless. It It was perfect. You can't top that.
1: Clark, do you agree with John? Do, was was Fitzpatrick your your uh, player who helped no one this week? Well, so I think he's right
2: on a technicality. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> pick the the one where people might have accidentally put this person in, or maybe huge fans of the New Orleans Saints said this is going to be the week where our defense comes through, and I'm gonna pick the New Orleans defense. Uh, this game was a little reminiscent of the Super Bowl run that the Saints made. Uh, their offense has always been good. The offense has always put pressure on the other team to perform. And under pressure, people just tend to do poorly. And we're starting to see some glimmers, some smoke. Maybe there's fire with the Saints' defense of when they won a the Super Bowl, they turned the ball over. They still gave up 30 or 40 points a game, but Drew Brees was putting up 40-45 and he was getting those extra possessions from the defense. So I think this is one to watch more from a football perspective than from a fantasy perspective. But if the Saints can get a couple of turnovers, Drew Brees still has it. The Saints can still score. It's going to be really interesting to see if this defense can put a couple of weeks like this together. Uh, They could be a hot waiver wire pickup. I mean, I wouldn't spend a nickel on them. But if you got an extra spot on your roster, why not just go ahead and waste it on a defense to see if this turns into a trend
1: i had i begrudgingly picked the saints as well and it's not really begrudgingly it was more so just because i it blew my mind that this performance happened and that it happened with the saints that like this defense that you know if anyone reads any of my articles you know that there are two defenses that i love to relentlessly mock it's the saints and it's the colts and now i guess you could throw the patriots in there since josh mccown threw for 300 freaking yards against us um, More on that later. <clears throat> but they hadn't scored a defensive touchdown since 2013. And then they scored three in one game. Like you were, there's no way you're supposed to predict that you weren't supposed to, they, they outscored every single other fantasy player this week. Every other football player had put up less points in fantasy than the Saints defense. And most everyone did not start them, let alone have them on their team. Though I will say we tweeted this out and one guy responded saying that uh, his opponent had started him because his team was 0-3 and on a whim started the Saints defense. And of course the Saints defense <laughs> won him the game which is
2: just no. a crushing, of crushing way to lose. And so as a dfs degenerate who's not very good you're welcome everyone out there at DraftKings for my donations each week even this week they weren't the cheapest defense so there were some lineups that i put in miami because they were 2000 just because they were the cheapest and i defense is random and who knows what could happen in miami not turned out to be not that bad but they weren't even the cheapest so you know the only people that started them are like kenny vaccaro's mom and then <laughs> that guy that went zero and three you know like right gosh. exactly it just literally helped no one. I will say the Chris
1: Ivory performance was also shocking because I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot that he was still in the league. So,
2: Yeah, well, so there'll be more a- on that later when I break down the Jags game. So that's good, interesting.
1: It was a miracle. It was a miracle that uh, his name was mentioned at all. Um, so there you go. So reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know who who you think at RB1 Podcast, who you think was the biggest letdown. Uh, of the week, and also maybe someone who wasn't on the list. I know currently we have a poll going on fake dot Currently, the Saints are leading with Brian Fitzpatrick close behind in those numbers. Um, so, but we had actual football this past weekend, and actually a quite a fair number of uh, good games. But we good will start football, really good yeah. football this week. It was good, good stuff. But we'll start with the worst thing about this weekend. Uh, and I'm sorry, John, uh, but we are going to start with your Green Bay Packers falling to the Minnesota Vikings. But more importantly, Aaron Rodgers falling hard on his collarbone. Cue the
2: sad music, Pete.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, the worst part, too, is that it was a beautiful throw that he made and it hit Martellus Bennett dead in the hands. and He just dropped it just to put an exclamation point on it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's that's going to be hard for the rest of this year. Uh, if, if you expected the Packers to go out and sign somebody, you haven't been paying attention to football for a little bit. They build this roster for a long haul. They don't panic. They specifically had the plan that you know Hundley was going to step in, and obviously he came in cold. He didn't get first team reps, and he did not look amazing in this game. He didn't look dumpster fire. That's a good defense. He played on the road. he looked looked like a backup quarterback,
2: you know, I mean, he didn't look terrible, but he wasn't going to win the game for you. No, but
0: I mean, if there's the one where Montgomery has the ball in his hands in the end zone, not a catch, which was close. Um, And if that changes and just, you know, he doesn't throw two of the picks, that last drive is for a tie. So it wasn't, he wasn't out of this game. I mean, like, We had the backup quarterback who's playing behind two of his original starting offensive linemen, and there are five of them, by the way, normally. Uh, (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: That's that's called stats and analytics for
0: those at home.
2: Packers fans really good at keeping track of those things.
0: But I was told there would be no math. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, he's playing behind a banged-up line. They came into the game starting one of their normal four defensive backs. That was haha ha Clinton Dix. And I mean, it was a two score game on the road against a really good defense. So very frustrated during the game. I don't feel as bad now. And I, I take it. A lot of people around here feel way worse than I do. And it, the um, the amount of just self-pity is, is getting obnoxious for me.
2: Um. (laughs) Don't don't worry, John. I'm there with you. I'm hitting the panic button on all my Packers. I stocked up on them because who else scores 50 touchdowns a year like clockwork? It's the Saints and it's the Packers. And now I am thoroughly, thoroughly panicked with my Ty Montgomery shares and all of my Jordy Nelson. He's such a nice boy. All of my Jordy Nelson shares. Is it totally done for us or should there be some hope that – We're going to get enough out of the backup to make these guys still
0: viable. There's going to be hope. I mean, like, um, Devontae still had five catches, and Jordy still had six. Um, And there were times that several of them were open that we just got missed. I mean, the receivers are still open. He's just got to take a full week of actually training against the defense, getting first-team reps, get a little more confidence. They're going to actually game plan for the quarterback they have, not the quarterback they want. And there'll be more set next week. You downgrade all of them, obviously. But I think that Montgomery is going to retain a lot of his value because I think they're going to rely on the run game more than usual. Uh, I think Jones is going to stay on the field more frequently because they're going to run more and they're going to try to split that load more than what they had. Um, Aaron Jones had uh, 13 carries for 41 yards. I guess a really good defense. I think if they have the two of them in there, uh, Jones and Montgomery are going to still have some value obviously Montgomery Moore uh, he's going to be in that dump off role it looked like they were trying to set up several screens that never got going this last week as well I expect that to be a part of their game plan going forward so I think Montgomery's going to retain his value more than most uh, Adams and Jordy are still going to have some value uh, I think Adams moves to a low end wide receiver two Jordy to a high end wide receiver two rather than being one of those you know legit top five every time he's going to drop some but I think they're still going to retain some value, but they are going to drop down. Um, I, I, I'll i struggle to see what we do with the tight ends. The tight ends haven't been great in terms of their value because Martel's has been catches half the balls thrown his way this year. So yeah. we'll see on that. The other thing, um, for the Vikings, Thalen looked great without Diggs. He had nine catches for 97 yards. He has the most, I saw this during the game, the most yards of anyone without a touchdown. That's still insane. Six games, no touchdowns. Um, Rudolph looked good again. Finally, uh, he's been kind of up and down a little bit. He had a down stretch a couple weeks ago, for a couple weeks. And McKinnon, McKinnon's going to get you a couple big plays. It looks like that uh, Packers run defense was still there. Uh, they played a lot of nickel, which they normally do anyhow. But they're usually pretty good at the run stopping, and he got. You know, not, not incredible yards. We had decent yards and, uh, he had a couple big plays. He had a receiving touchdown a rushing touchdown. Uh, he was very valuable for you this week. And I think he's, they're going to lean on him and Thalen going forward a lot. And once digs is back, he'll be just as good there too. But I mean, I, I still case Keenum. This was a banged up Packers defense playing three guys who are not starters in the defensive backfield and he didn't get to 250 yards. So he's kind of a guy. Um, and again, if they don't turn the ball over four times, was it um, to be an even closer game? But yeah, three picks and a fumble, I believe, to, to really hurt this uh, offense this week. Expect better from the Packers offense in terms of their uh, relying on Hundley next week. But still, <laughs> unless the Saints do the exact same thing somehow next week. But I wouldn't count on that as much.
2: Yeah, I, I think McCarthy is good enough to game plan and get a good game out of him. Uh, a good, a couple of good games out of Hunley. So
0: you made Aaron Brooks a I, pro bowler. Uh, oh wow! You Aaron Brooks a pro bowler. Remember that deep cuts
2: with John. Deep cuts.
0: <laughs> you can
1: always trust. There's at least one or two drops. Deep cuts from from John throughout a podcast. <laughs> Love it. You know who's you know who's really good at getting the most out of his talent <laughs> is head coach Arizona Bruce Arians, who brings Adrian Peterson back to life. but on you, John, after it's... we talk about Aaron Rodgers being out for the season, and I get to bring up the fact that Adrian Peterson is alive and well, baby. It's Frankenstein.
2: It's Frankenstein. He's
1: alive! He's never done it. I'm
2: so glad that I never said he
1: was done because it would be really embarrassing if someone had said that they was done. Wouldn't it have been, guys? <laughs> yeah. Super <laughs> stoked that I
2: went on went on the radio this week. SiriusXM feel super hot stuff that I get to go and talk to people across the nation. And my big takeaway is Adrian Peterson's totally done, everyone. Fool's gold. Don't bother. Don't bother. Just Just totally pass. And what yeah, does he do? He gets 26 carries,
1: goes for 134 yards and two touchdowns in his debut in Arizona. (sighs) Um. So yeah, so that was great. I loved seeing that. Uh, The biggest thing, and and Clark and I talked about this before we started recording the podcast, and I'll make sure to uh, use my indoor voice for the rest of this so that you can put your earbuds back in. Oh, please don't. don't. (laughs) Uh, Is I don't believe like I don't believe what we saw. Adrian Peterson didn't suddenly magically become 2013 Adrian Peterson. He's not rushing for 2000 yards. He's not rushing hundred yards a game. However, I do think what we saw is a Cardinals offense, who knows actually how to use Adrian Peterson? For whatever reason, the Saints were stubbornly refusing to use Adrian Peterson in the way that you use Adrian Peterson, which is you give him 25 touches a game, you line him up under center, and you just let him just pound at the offensive line until the defense wears down and he sees the holes and he identifies and he attacks them. The Saints were giving him a carry here and there so he never got a momentum flowing he never got moving he never wore down a defense and they were running him and operating him primarily out of the shotgun it was just was not it the offense in New Orleans was not catered to Adrian Peterson what Adrian Peterson does and yet the first and then the first time he's in Arizona Bruce Arians built an entire offensive game plan around running the football down the throats of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers utilizing play action Carson Palmer I mean it was it was it was a game of the old looking young Larry Fitzgerald looked amazing Carson Palmer looked amazing Adrian Peterson looked amazing this is the team this is the offense that the Cardinals wanted to be operating this is what they were going to be operating until David Johnson got injured and they've been and now they have someone who at least can give them things that i don't think adrian peterson is going to give you high 80s high 90s yards every game far from it but i do think he's probably reliably going to turn out 40 to 50 yards uh and will give you the few home run uh plays and games so if he is available in your league if you know someone who silly cut him i would pick him up i think he's worth the roster spot for the foreseeable future until David Johnson comes back and then who knows what's going to happen there. But nonetheless, Asian Peterson clearly has a role in, in Arizona and you know, I think that's worth, that's
0: worth monitoring. Yeah. I actually picked him up and started him this week. <laughs> oh <God! laughs> No, because yeah, it's a role that's different because there's nobody else on that offense who can run the ball. And he hasn't played in quite a while now he's rested. So he's got a couple of games here where he's going to be decent and then he's going to remember he's, he's right. worn down. It's, it's like when the, the year he came back from having an entire year off, he was great. Unbelievable for six games and then didn't rush for a hundred yards again until just now. <laughs> so exactly.
1: yeah, yeah. And I think that's exactly what you can rely on. Uh, Clark, let's bounce it over to you and let's get you to talk about the, you hinted at this earlier, but the Dolphins versus the Falcons in the greatest comeback of Jay Cutler's career.
2: Yeah, I got I got lucky this weekend. I got to watch a lot of good running back performances, and there were a couple of good ones in this game. So Devonte Foreman or Devonte Freeman, I'm a huge fan of his. I loved him coming out of Florida State. I thought he was really good and it took him a year to get going but we're really seeing just how good he is now. And I think one of the things that the Falcons really missed on this game is he looked so good running the ball and they just ran just enough so that they could keep throwing and they threw the game away. So for those of you that didn't get to see you
1: of a super bowl,
2: (laughs) I'm not going to bring that up. I figured someone else (laughs) might. Um, So, but they did have a hard time closing out this game. So they're up 17, nothing at halftime. And then the Dolphins score 20 unanswered and win. And neither one of these teams looked great. So it's not like the Dolphins were just lights out. Unbelievable. This is what we all hoped for with Jay Cutler. No, like they still just looked okay. And they finally got Jay Ajayi going. Um, Tough game, tough game for the Falcons. Good game for the Dolphins. Uh, it's been a while since I've watched Cutler play a full game and I have to admit, man, his arm talent is just unbelievable. I mean, he's not quite Michael Vick in that he could just flick the ball downfield 50 yards, but gosh, he can throw a pretty looking pass when he decides to throw it to people on his team. Uh, Not a very good game, you know, like it it wasn't exciting to watch it. And I feel like I have a knack for picking these out. Um, But Good win for the Dolphins. I hope that both of these teams start leaning on their running backs because that's clearly where the talent is. Ajayi looked really good all game. Uh,
1: Do you think think that he – like, is this something that he's going to build on? Do you think Jay Ajayi is now finally returned to what we saw for hints of last year, especially towards the end of the season?
2: Well, I mean, if you drafted him, I, I don't like throwing good money after bad, but he's a talented player. You know, if you drafted him high, you probably need to start him. And so, yeah, you have to, and he still looks good. Even when the Dolphins have looked bad and Ajayi's had bad games, he still looks like that big power back that you, that I fell in love with coming out of Boise state. So I don't know if it's a bounce back. We'll see. Um, I was still starting him anyway, and I think you should continue to do it. And this game gave you a lot of hope And this game made you really think uh, you, we could be in for what we saw last year with the Dolphins and that they started real slow and then heated mm-hmm. up, because they they did look pretty good in the comeback. So I, I think you're a go with your dolphin starters again for the foreseeable future. Please don't at me. <laughs> oh, the
1: at <laughs> will be coming hot and heavy. Let's move on to another game that almost had a rousing comeback, but instead failed epically, uh, and that is the. Game that we all deemed, or that Clark and I deemed, had the uh, most disappointing or the ye- least useful fantasy performance: the Lions versus the Saints. John, talk to me about what you saw in
0: that game. I saw Matt Stafford have five turnovers. Nowdy. Um, that's that's the big part. Three touchdowns, but three picks, three lost or two lost fumbles. One of them he lost in the end zone to, to start the scoring. Right, that was the first touchdown, I believe. Right, yeah, and. <laughs> yeah he had 312 yards three touchdowns if everything hell said not happened that's pretty good but yeah three picks two lost fumbles one of which was immediately a touchdown uh the receivers all retained some t- um, value uh jones six catches 96 yards and touchdowns tate seven catches 96 yards and a touchdown uh riddick had five catches for 45 yards um yeah, they all they all caught the ball and did things just, you know, it's the ones where it didn't end up with his own players that, that cost him badly. Uh, is Marvin
1: Jones is what you saw out of Marvin Jones like the Marvin Jones that many thought and hoped he would be in Detroit? Do you see him kind of at 2013 Bengals season where he had 10 touchdowns? Or is this kind of early season Marvin Jones looks great and then he kind of peters off towards the end of the season?
0: I think we'll we'll kind of have to wait and see. I, I mean he said recent production. He didn't start off hot last year. He started off way hotter than this. I think, yeah. um, I mean, he's still going to be in there. He led the team in targets this time. He had 14 targets this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he caught six of 14, but yeah, that's, you know, th- he's looking at him. He's getting open. And part of that is obviously just despite the fantasy value of the saints defense. <laughs> um, there were a lot of balls that ended up in Detroit hands as well here. So, um, They gave up 38. So (laughs) it's hard to, it's just the fact that they ended up getting their own touchdowns as well. But yeah. Am I
2: on an island here? I think Marvin Jones is good. I think he's a really good wide receiver. I think he
1: is too. I just think, I think he has underwhelmed when it comes to, and maybe people had like way too high expectations when he was coming into uh, Detroit. As to what what kind of role he would have in in the offense, but I feel like he he had a was super hot. Like John said, started off last season super hot, and people were all like, "Yeah, yeah." And I can attest to this. I had him on my team, and I loved him. Uh, and then I got caught in that time period where he kind of dropped. His production dropped a lot, and then you're like, "Well, should I bench him? Should I start him? Do I keep starting him?" Blah 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 blah. And you would eventually bench him, and you would have a you know that one big game. So you're like, <laughs> oh, "I'm gonna start him again," and then you deal with another three weeks of slog.
2: Yeah, I don't think <laughs> he's as good as he. Seemed at the beginning of the year, and I don't think he's as bad as he seemed at the end of the year either. I just think he's kind of in the middle. I think he's your wide receiver, eighteen to twenty-two, which mm-hmm. is good, which yeah. is really good.
0: No, I think he's 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 good. He's a wide receiver too, low end, like you're saying there, the eighteen twenty-two area, somewhere in that area. Is um, the guy's going to get you a thousand yards in a year? He's I think he's good for five catches, seventy-five yards, and touched on every couple games, every you know other games, something like that for the year. That's that's decent. You take that um just yeah and i don't think anybody was thinking he's a wide receiver one if you drafted him that high you're, Silly. you're yeah you're hating life <laughs> um, again um one other one we mentioned him last week but Darren Fells again another touchdown uh so he's he's up to 10 receptions three touchdowns this year so far touchdown each of the last 3 weeks in a row now he is uh let's see did he yeah he are targeted ebron again last so, week he did not but he out Scored him in fantasy because he had the two touchdowns this week. Out targeted Ebron, uh, four to three, uh, had 26, nine, 26 yards to Ebron's nine, and then two catches to Ebron's one. So he seems slightly more valuable than Ebron at this point. I, I don't know why Ebron's just hard to keep at this point if he can't even be the best receiver on a best receiving tight end on a pass happy offense. Uh, on the Saints though. Uh, Drew Brees, despite all these points, 186 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, big things were Ingram. Mark Ingram is the guy you wanted this one. He had 114 rushing, another 36 receiving, two touchdowns. Kamara had uh, 87 total yards, 75 of them rushing. So,
2: what both. the hell, Michael Thomas? What the hell? Seriously,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, um, I I made sure, like right at the end, I made a mistake, and I was like, "Oh shoot, I didn't start Thomas." I made the switch just to make sure I got his six targets for three catches and eleven yards. Perfect.
1: I mean, how do you you can't pass that kind of production up?
0: I mean, I guess everyone else probably started Ted Ginn Jr. Unlike me, but uh, you know, naturally.
1: Let's move on to my team. Talk a little Patriots at the Jets. Uh, And I knew from the get-go that this game was going to be way too close or closer than I wanted because the Patriots-Jets games are always close and the Patriots defense sucks. So, there you go.
2: The phantom win. The phantom win,
1: indeed. My takeaway from this, two players came to mind. First, speaking of phantom wins, Austin Safarian Jenkins looks legit. Uh, had eight catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Would have had two touchdowns, uh, but had a really dumb fumbling rule change thing that led took a touchdown back instead, made it a fumble touchback because the referees, for whatever reason, considered that he fumbled the ball. Before he crossed the line and then only regained possession outside of the end zone, which technically means that it is fumbling through the back of the end zone, which is technically the other team's possession at the 20-yard line, which is a stupid rule because in any other part of the field, when you fumble the ball out of bounds, you retain possession. Um, And I say this because... If this had happened to Gronk, if this if the Patriots had been down by a touchdown against the Jets and this had happened to Gronk, I would have broken my TV. It would have been lying face down in the cement outside of my apartment because I would have thrown it out the freaking window. Um, so – I can sympathize with you. When
2: do you say that Pete, I was going to let you finish and then say, if this had been someone on my team, I would have been telling you the cool story about how I got a new TV this weekend.
1: Oh yeah. It would have just, I mean, it was a ridiculous call. So I'm not pretending that like it was the right call at all. It should have been a tie game. Nonetheless, Austin, Safari Jenkins. Uh, has been has started to become the tight end that he that people wanted him to be and thought he would be and clearly is one of McCown's favorite targets. So I actually added him in two of my leagues including our uh fake teams league and I've been very happy with his production through 2 weeks. So I would highly recommend going out and getting him. And the other one is Dion Lewis. I know I have told you plethora of times who never touched the Patriots backfield because Lord knows who's going to play on there next but it's the first time we've seen a lot of him in a game and he played pretty well he had 11 carries he led the team for 52 yards and a touchdown and he looks like he's got his quickness and explosive and shiftiness back uh, after tearing his ACL whatever it was two years ago three years ago um it's two yeah two years ago thanks Clark uh and I love I love Dion and I think that if he, I think that's who the Patriots have always kind of wanted to be their starting running back. I have no idea why I have that in the back of my head, but that's just my tummy, what my tummy is telling me. Um, and so I think if he is able to continue this and keep showing this while wow, Gillis Lee, who fumbled the ball for the first time, which always puts you in the Belichick doghouse, um, we could be seeing more of Dion moving forward. So that's another name. I know I've told you to stay away from the Patriots backfield, but if you are a, a persistent and for whatever reason, want to continue giving yourself just the headache and pain of trying to figure out. If this is the week that this person will play Deion Lewis is someone to keep eyes on.
2: Well, Pete, I'll tell you why you think that it's because I yelled. And I think our first podcast this year that Deion Lewis is the best running back in new England. Uh, yeah, Although That has not proven itself to be true statistically yet this year. He is the best running back that they have there. James white, cannot run between the tackles and that I, I'm not yeah. holding that against the guy. He's just small and he can't do that. And Mike Gillisley can only run in between the tackles. Dion Lewis is not a master inside runner, but he'll keep defenses honest. And I'd <laughs> say now that he's back and healthy and looking good, he looks quicker and shiftier than James white. So oh, yeah. you're right to caution everyone. Don't go all in and, and, pin your season hopes on deon lewis but he is the stud that we saw two years ago the stud that the patriots extended a contract on which they do not do very often he is a baller and he's back from his injury so it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do with him for the rest of the year because he's clearly the best running back they have it's just a question of you probably don't want to give that guy 2025 touches when you're playing the long game, you're not trying to win the division. You're trying to win another super bowl. So I think you're going to see all of the Patriots running backs be frustratingly used throughout this season. I mean, Rex Burkhead's coming back. So (laughs) good luck. But, Deion Lewis is the best back there. And if he really starts to take a stranglehold on this workload, there's me a lot of happy owners that picked up Dion Lewis and stashed him as we start to make the run into the fantasy playoffs here. I like Clark getting hyped about Dion, baby.
0: James <laughs> just yes, he, he can run between the tackles. They just don't run him there. Well, yeah. I watched him for years run between the tackles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: John and coming, coming back that, at him man. with the hot fire about his, his Wisconsin man. He's the best. He's the best. Uh, Can't argue with the best. He uh, <laughs> set the Super Bowl record for most receptions. So, no, it, it,
2: riddle me that, Batman. And, and and this is not me dissing James White. He is he is I'm also a- very talented, and that's why there's four guys in New England, and you never know who's going to get it. But- James White, if you have a
1: grievance with Clark, it is at NFL Clark. <laughs> right. <thanks. laughs> come on to the show. Talk
0: about it. We'd love to have you. It. Hey, come on, James White. You can at me too. I mean, yes. I'm, I love you.
1: Yeah, if you yeah, if you want to if you want to spread the love, James White at J Barn fifty
2: four. If you want to uh, call Clark out for his ridiculous statements, also uh, let's you, keep it positive too. Dion Lewis, if you would like to come onto the podcast and agree with me, we are also open to that. We're also open to anyone literally coming onto the podcast and agreeing with us.
1: Clark, give us your sure. game where your team had a victory, a very dominant victory. Texans walloping the Browns. Talk to me about that.
2: So I I sent a text to a friend about third quarter of this game and just asked, can the Texans play the Browns every week? Because ah oh, just everything worked. They were running, they were passing. Defense looked good, even even though we've lost J.J. Watt and uh, uh, merciless. It's uh, God, everything worked. Uh, Deshaun Watson kept throwing the ball to covered receivers. Uh, Will Fuller got another. Gronk-like line, you know, three catches, 60 yards, you know, touchdown, just, oh, I was, my analysis on this game isn't great because I'm just like, man, look at how good the Texans look. Is there, is man, there anything, it looks so good. is there anything that
1: you believe currently Deshaun Watson can't do?
2: Yeah. I mean, he's a rookie. He's not, he, of course, he's it's not, not the right answer. Either. I know. Look, I'm sorry. I, I got to pump the, I don't like to get too excited because as soon as you get, excited things get taken away from you this is that's True. america right that's why we get so, nice things yeah exactly so but he looks really good he what i like about him is, is for the past five or six years texans fans have seen quarterbacks throw the ball four yards on third and nine and it's just really frustrating to watch your offense operate that way there's no point in throwing the ball three yards on third and nine and Deshaun watson does not have that gene If it's third and 21, he's throwing a 25-yard pass. If he has one of the fastest wide receivers in the game in single coverage, he's throwing it to him. And that's why Will Fuller is doing so well, and that's why DeAndre Hopkins is doing so well. Didn't have a great game uh, this Sunday, but he saved you getting a touchdown, so he didn't end up putting a goose egg up for you or anything. Uh, Defense is having to respect Deshaun Watson's mobility is opening up the running game. Uh, Deontay Foreman had another just baffling run of Lamar Miller's in there doing yeoman's work all day running into linebackers and linemen. They put Deontay Foreman in and just everybody just forgets that the play is called. You got 30 yards, big giant hole. You know, Lamar Miller's on the sideline hoping that he could get that. Uh, everything is working for the Texans and granted they haven't played a bunch of stout defenses and that's why I'm a little reserved here, but the Texans offense looks legit and it needs to because their defense Is still okay, but it is no longer the strength of the team. So, if they're going to do well this year, they're going to have to lean on the offense, and it looks like they've got the quarterback and the receivers to do it.
1: Fun fact about Deshaun Watson: he currently leads the NFL in passing touchdowns and has thrown as many passing touchdowns through six games as Brock Osweiler did all last season.
2: So, hang your hat on that. Andy wore a Warren Moon jersey, and that may not mean anyone else loved it. Warren Moon Moon, Moon is is the man. Warren Moon is the man, the most underrated yeah. quarterback that I have ever seen play. And for Deshaun Watson to wear that jersey, I was already willing to make him an offer, get down on a knee and hand him that diamond ring. But now I'm I'm now making the appointment for it. Um, we're going to and, we're going to the steakhouse. Deshaun Watson. And Dean, just
1: like how you can mark every time in the podcast where John drops a little tidbit of knowledge, you can mark every time in the podcast where Clark reveals how old he is. Uh, John. <laughs> Talk to me about the Bears and the Ravens and Mitchell Trubisky getting his first career win.
0: <laughs> Tells you how useless a stat uh, wins can be. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: I mean, like he gets the win. Uh, <laughs> he was uh, I, the word I wrote on my notes here is blah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he, he looked like a guy uh, out there. That's, that's most all I can say is let's see. It was, it was his finals here. So pulling out here. So he's eight of sixteen for 113 yards and a touchdown.
2: Hey,
1: 50-50.
0: Right? He gets, you don't
1: grow right? into the victory.
0: Yeah. 50% is not what you're hoping for. It'd be a great batting average as a quarterback, though. You're like, uh, he had Jordan Howard get 167 yards, and that's what happened. 36 carries because they don't want to throw the ball, because nobody on that team trusts Trubisky to lead them to anything. So yeah, they don't trust him, and neither should you. You shouldn't start him fantasy wise. He's not going to get you 200 yards passing frequently. Well, and um, to be fair, defense
2: the Bears don't have any wide receivers. So I agree with you that right. Trubisky certainly looked pedestrian, but oh man, Kendall Wright as your number one. Yeah, they should be running the ball 40 times a game.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, you got a good tight end and pass catching running back, and you targeted Cohen three times and Miller three times, and you were three of six on those passes. Um, I just
2: feel like John complimented me saying I had a nice tight end. Thank you.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. No, um, I don't know. I mean like fantasy wise, you start him. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't start him at this point. He's he's an okay guy. Maybe he'll grow into something. Maybe he won't Um, putting him behind an aging two guard. His two guards are getting a little beat up and such and seeing what he can do back there. It helps that he's mobile. They like rolling him out, getting him away from stuff so he can get on the move. It cuts the field in half for him, too, so he's not reading a whole field because they better not have a plan where he might think of throwing all the way back across the field if they're rolling him out. So they're they're trying to simplify things, and that's fine. Um, The better quarterback this game was three Cohen, who completed 100% of his passes for a touchdown. (laughs) So There you go. We go. Yeah, but how no. you liking
2: that four point for passing touchdown leagues?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't like that, but yeah, I mean that was that was it for him. He had 21 yards passing, Cohen. That is 32 yards rushing, and 14 yards receiving. Kind of a down game for him. He'll be back. Uh, I expect them to dump off to him a lot. They're going to be throwing, you know, seven yards and in most of this year. I think doing the uh, Sam Bradford plan, uh, but that's. That's about it, I guess, for for the Bears. Uh, Alex Collins for uh, Baltimore led the team in carries, 74 yards. Uh, I think he had 14 total carries. Uh, no, sorry, 15. Uh, 10 carries to Allen for 49 yards. They both averaged 4.9. Uh, but, you know, Collins is getting more of the carries last several weeks. Last week it was Joris Allen, but uh, Collins has been kind of the guy they've really relied on a little bit more. I think he had a fumble last week, which led to him losing some of those carries. but uh, he seems to be doing all right. He's, he's kind of a safe play. Generally speaking, I don't think he's much more than a flex unless you're in a deep league. You know, if you're in a 14, 16 team league, somehow, um, he's got value. I have him stored on a league. I've been starting him in a 16 team league until I picked up Peterson.
2: Well, of course you're 32 team, Wisconsin only league. Yeah. no, He's a start in that one for sure. Oh, what a crappy game.
0: Whoa. Yeah, it was not good.
1: Is uh, he is he the only member of the Ravens' offense that you have that you feel like confident in starting in fantasy? Because I don't trust Flacco to
0: get yeah. else out there. I mean, uh, Wallace. Um, it's um, yeah.
2: Good He's luck. Good. Yeah, yeah, good luck picking out the games that Mike Wallace is going to have a good game. Enjoy. Yeah. Macklin,
0: that. Macklin was out this game. He's kind of in that same boat where it's like. Really have to depend on Flacco doing something 24 of 41 for 180 yards, Beautiful. no touchdowns, two picks. Ah, his QBR is 14.9, his quarterback rating is uh 48.8 on that game. That's oh, yeah, no.
2: So, the only thing sad. you're doing at the Ravens offense is what I'm doing. I went to HEB local HEB here down in Austin, I bought a El Nino Jesus prayer candle and I've lit that, and it's currently burning in my bathroom. We're pulling for you, little Danny Woodhead. I've I've got the the juju on your side. Come back to us, Danny Woodhead. Come back to us.
1: Come back and star on the podcast. Yeah,
0: he can come too. Uh,
1: Staying in the NFC North, uh, uh, I'll shitty chat about the Steelers at the Chiefs, and the Steelers hand the Chief their very first defeat. On the legs of Le'Veon Bell and the arm of Ben Rothsberger. I say that very quizzically because it mildly was his arm. It really was Antonio Brown just getting open all day in this uh, Chiefs secondary. But good game. Fun game. It was a good game, despite the fact that it was low scoring. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell finally did something. Uh, He he had 32 carries for 179 yards and a touchdown. He looked patient, strong. He looked exactly how you wanted him to look, how everyone thought he would look. He looked like the back that we all know and love. I still, he hasn't quite gotten completely involved in the passing game, but he had a very productive game on the ground, obviously. Um, And hopefully that'll be the path moving forward as we saw last week in which Ben Rothsberger against the Jaguars just threw the game away quite literally. Um, so you'd be hoping that uh, that the Steelers now plan to just rely on Le'Veon Bellen, except that they have a turnover prone quarterback on the flip side <clears throat> while Kareem Hunt was able to do damage through the air. Uh, this was the first time he was completely shut down on the ground. Uh, only had, he had nine carries for 21 yards. Uh, so that, Nothing, I don't think it's anything to worry about. It's just, you know, I just wanted to point it out that the Steelers' defense was able to contain him on the ground. So well done, Steelers' defense. You get a round of applause.
2: Yeah, I think the the Steelers matched up really well with the Chiefs. Uh, I got to watch this one live, uh, not in person, but on the TV. And uh, the Steelers have a lot of really fast linebackers, and they play a lot of man, and they were just able to get in the way and kind of befuddle the Chiefs all day. So it was just kind of strength on strength. I think with the speed on the pack or the speed on the Steelers defense against the speed on the Chiefs offense. I think the Steelers just came out on top today because their speed was a little bit better.
1: Agreed. Agreed, agreed. Also, uh side note, something to keep your eyeballs on. Martavis Bryant has requested a trade. Um so I don't know. There you go. Where do you think he's going to go? Who knows, but that uh, could,
2: could, could be see- something could we see want. two fantasy relevant players get traded this season? That would be two more than I think any season I've ever seen before. That would be amazing.
0: Could happen. <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to see here. Pete, you hit on this. Le'Veon Bell
2: looked just like Le'Veon Bell supposed to look. He didn't get one run for like 87 yards. So it seems like he had a good day. No, he was good old, good old Le'Veon Bell. The play is dead. He's just, Prancing around behind the line of scrimmage. The Chiefs are living in the backfield. And then oh, he squirts through eight-yard gain just over and over and over today. And then Antonio Brown just going off for me. You can tell how much I have invested in the Steelers in fantasy. Just such a good game. I was so happy to see this finally happen for my Steelers.
0: So in uh Yahoo standard scoring, Kareem Hunt finished his RB 17 on this weekend. Coming into the Monday night game. Yeah, it's <laughs> like that won't happen again, but that, that tells you how how well they played against them uh in this game
2: yeah yeah was, and how, and how um, good is kareem hunt his floor is rb17 wow that's right, good go. uh moving on
1: clark talk to me explain to me why i should never ever ever doubt the los angeles rams under the studious not studious under the uh, i don't know uh, reign of jared
2: goff and sean mcveigh so all the all the scoring seemed to happen early and with people that you didn't have in your lineup in this game. uh, My big takeaway here is that the Rams look like they're getting better and they're, they're a pretty well-rounded team. Their defense is playing pretty well. And Jared Goff seems like he belongs in the NFL. And I think you got to give that a lot of that to Sean McVay and a lot of that for Jared Goff, taking a step forward in his second season. Uh, I feel like I'm starting to get a handle on the Jaguars. So if the Jaguars can make you one dimensional, if they can force you to pass the ball and they can run, well, they're going to beat you because their secondary is very good. They're getting a decent pass rush and Leonard Fournette. I don't know if you've heard me say this before on the podcast. He is extremely good. Now he got injured. It looked like at the beginning of the second half uh, or end of the first half and so he he looked a little limited even though he ended up having a good day statistically Uh, but the Rams were just a better team the the Jaguars were outclassed and they're going to look outclassed when they play a well-rounded team the Jaguars are just they're really one-dimensional and so you have to give it to them because they used to be zero-dimensional They used to just be absolutely terrible. Now they can run and play defense. So if they get teams behind or if they're in close games and they don't have to rely on Blake Bortles, they now have enough to just run it down your throat with Chris Ivory and let it four net to where they're going to blow some teams out. Uh, But we also saw that if you need to pass or if the other team doesn't have to just throw on you and they can have a balanced attack like the Rams did, Jaguars still aren't good. So Rams looking good, um, and then so the second of three outbursts for me tonight. What the hell, Sammy Watkins? What the hell, man? <laughs> Robert Woods, man, best receiver in uh, L.A. Dude, I, I know we tried to keep it clean, and it's taken every bit of my constitution to do so. But what the hell, Sammy <laughs> Watkins? What, what happened, day, man? Garbutt? I loved you. We used to be friends.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> tough one. I'm very no, I'm nothing very changes
2: of- nothing changes with fantasy Leonard Fournette is a start everyone else on both of these teams is a huge question mark Marquise Lee looked actually pretty good but I just spent you know 30 seconds telling you why you shouldn't rely on the Jags passing game and I'm going to stick to that but if you're desperate maybe some Marquis Lee but just just Fournette or nothing baby that's about it from the Jags and the Rams are uh pretty good
0: This was a weird week all around from just so many starters that that you would normally have up there that just let so many people down. I think it was weird. Just strange week.
1: It's always, it seems like this, this, uh, this year in the NFL has been filled with strange weeks, Uh, not a strange week game. The 49ers. Well, I guess it actually was kind of a strange week because the 49ers at one point were being blown out by Washington. And then what do you know? They mount a comeback, but Washington still wins. So the result is still not strange. Um, So in the end, still very normal, still very normal quick bullet points of this, because there's really like many of like, you know, a good portion of these games, there's not too much to take away from it. Chris Thompson might be the waiver wire ad of the year. Uh, he had another productive game leading the team in rushing and receiving, which rushing was not too much. I mean, he had 13 carries for 30, 16 carries for 33 yards, not great, but he had four catches for 105 yards. Um, it worries me slightly that Kirk Cousins had a big old game but didn't really involve Terrell Pryor or Jameson Crowder. Uh, it all went to Thompson and Vernon Davis who just seemingly doesn't age. Uh, I also love seeing Kyle Sh- Shanahan bench Brian Hoyer to show Kirk Cousins that he doesn't need to worry about contending with the rookie CJ Bethard or whatever his name is uh, okay. next year. Since Bethard looked great but it uh, was not, you know, not amazing. So it was nice of Shanahan to give his future quarterback a look at his backup.
2: I'm going to pump the brakes on that a little bit. CJ Beathard looked decent for a rookie coming in and relief. Exactly. I'll give him that. Okay. He's yeah. not
1: going to challenge. He's not going to challenge captain Kirk with captain Kirk signs at the uh, Los Angeles, uh, whatever, San Francisco, this off season. They'll
2: be playing somewhere else in a couple of years. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, this week, this week, you were better off starting CJ Beathard than Roethlisberger breeze or Ryan. That's playing <laughs> into the weird, weird, weak narrative.
2: So whenever you want to shout at fantasy analysts for not getting it right, if you could just yeah. remember that line, that exactly. would – that'd be great. Chill, people.
1: <laughs> Chill. This game – this is – we make slightly slightly more educated predictions than you do, but really not much. So, oh, not me. You might. Not to-
2: <laughs> I'm just guessing over here.
1: But, <laughs> but we guess – with a platform and an audience so we somehow up, we somehow have authority. Yeah. Uh John, talk to me about the Thursday night game that kicked off the entire week of action, uh the Philadelphia Eagles
0: against the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was it was a game. It <laughs> <laughs> The thing is you, you know, can tell we're getting we're getting to the end of the
1: podcast and
0: it's just like, yeah, people played, there was a game. It was a Thursday game, and it was – I mean, the Thursday games have actually been pretty decent this year. But Cam Newton just let all of us down after just getting us back to believing in him again. Uh, Goes out and throws one touchdown and three picks. Uh, Carson Wentz went out there and threw three touchdowns. Uh, His yardage is okay. He had 222 yards, uh, 16 of 30. But three touchdowns really picks you up. Uh, that, That was great numbers. He got some rushing here. Didn't have Wendell Smallwood in this game. Uh, Blunt got 14 carries for 67 yards, no touchdowns, so kind of marginal value. He um he, I mean, you know, Carson Wentz spreads the ball around a fair amount here. Uh, I guess you know he had 10 targets to Jeffrey, seven to Aguilar, uh, five to Ertz. Uh Ertz only caught two, uh, four each for Jeffrey, and Aguilar, two to Hollands. And then several guys with one. So I mean, the ball got kind of spread around. A bunch of people. Uh, Jeffrey had seventy-one yards, no touchdowns. Eglor had fifty-five yards, but the one touchdown. Uh, Ertz, Ertz, two catches, both of them were touchdowns. So
1: I love it as a, as an Ertz owner and naming my team after him. I love
2: it.
0: I think he he's been really good this year as, as a start, and he's so he's got uh, thirty-four receptions of the year, four hundred five yards already uh four touchdowns so yeah he's uh he's been in there he's been great for a tight end start this year uh he's he's pushing that that upper tier at least hanging in there and getting getting good yards I mean we're not halfway through the season he's on pace for over a thousand so or at least around a thousand or so I mean he's having a, a very good year and that's uh yeah I I like him as a start there I like Carson Wentz as a start um, Jeffrey's the guy you want out there, I guess. And Aguilar will every now and then get you a game. Uh, but that's, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah, Newton, Newton disappointed badly this week. <laughs> Three picks definitely hurt. Uh, 239 yards is all he had. He threw 52 times and couldn't get to 300 yards or 250 yards. Even, um, he, he also led the team in, in rushes. He had 11 carries for 71 yards. (laughs) So, I mean, at least he saved you some value there. Uh, He threw 14 times to McCaffrey and 13 times to Benjamin. So both of them had high uh, value for you. McCaffrey is not getting carries, but it doesn't matter. McCaffrey is currently
1: 10th in the NFL in targets and 5th in the NFL in receptions.
0: The worst thing is, like, I saw somebody put up on uh, Twitter today some picture of, like, look, it's my first fantasy team. How in the world is McCaffrey worth this many points? And it just shows the ESPN screen. It's like eight yards, one touchdown, 23 points or whatever. And you're like, yeah, he, he had 10 catches for <laughs> another 56 yards. So. You
1: got you to look at the uh, the additional stats.
0: But what they keep putting, when they put underneath there is just his rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Because they expect a running back's value to be rushing yards. But he had four carries and 14 targets. So it's like the 18 times tried to give him the ball. He caught 10 passes. Benjamin caught nine of 13 for 99 yards. Um, so he's staying in there. <laughs> Funchess was a guy who over the last several weeks has kind of built up our confidence and he caught one third of his targets for 36 yeah. yards. He had nine targets. They're still throwing at him. Just it, it wasn't working in this game uh Dixon still had value I mean only 36 yards but they still threw at him 8 times he's still mm-hmm. going to be a decent tight end going forward um decent I mean he's not going to excite you but he's going to have games every now and then that are going to help you out and he's not necessarily going to kill you on these things he's still going to get his targets so yeah I mean there were a lot of targets to go around when you throw the ball 52 times um and then sacked on two other plays as well so yeah it was
1: a lot of passing down in Carolina
2: Yeah, my big takeaway from this game is I'm at Pluckers down here in Austin, enjoying the game, fine wing bar, watching the Cubbies play, sitting next to the most insufferable of all fans, an Eagles fan.
0: And you tweeted it, and it was
2: good. Good Lord, Eagles fans, get your stuff together. Oh, my God. Just that's it. Just Eagles fans, come at me. Please learn how to be in public.
0: And Cubs fans.
2: I, well, I was with some Cubs fans, and they were also relatively insufferable. But those are my friends. So,
1: I do like how we call out so many different people on the on this podcast and tell them all to add us. And at least I can speak for myself. My mentions have not been blowing up. So we need <laughs> everyone who listens to this podcast actually at us. All right, we need a bigger audience. Clearly,
0: <laughs> Clark Cubs are the sort of people who show up at other team stadiums when their team isn't even playing and who everybody. <laughs> They do that all the time when I'm traveling games. There'll be some guy in a Cubs game for like Arizona versus the Dodgers and just booing everybody. You're like, why? Why did you pay for a ticket? What is what is your existence? How much money do you have to throw away on games?
1: Carl, quickly give me a breakdown of the Chargers' first victory
2: against the Raiders. The uh, Chargers Raiders, the Chargers win because the Raiders missed an extra point on their last field goal so the chargers march down the field and uh kick kick a late field goal to win 17 16. Uh Melvin Gordon looks really good. He is uh he's running the ball well. He's catching the ball out of the backfield despite philip Rivers throwing it at him as hard as he possibly can on little three yard routes and so he doesn't come down with all of them. Uh this is my last one of the night. What the hell, Keenan Allen? <laughs> what are you doing right what is as you can tell i have a team with michael thomas and keenan allen and it's not going well for the toost oilers spoiler so, alert <laughs> <laughs> man the toost the, Tustin, the Tustin oilers that's awesome but, that's a great game. Yeah, exactly great um man uh, melvin gordon looked good uh i was really surprised at how well the raiders looked running the ball this game with marshawn lynch but they seemed to run the ball well a couple of times and then he would come out for Jalen Rashard and then it would, it just kind of stalled out Uh, another big takeaway. And unfortunately the person that I proposed this trade to listens to the podcast. He's one of the tens. Uh, I offered him uh, Pierre Garcon for Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper had a couple of nice grabs. This game called back uh, because of penalties. It looked like, the Raiders, they weren't forcing him the ball, but he was clearly still in the game plan. And I think he's still good at football. So I I think that we're in for a rebound with Amari Cooper. Now's the time to go get him. Uh, You can probably get him cheap. Don't throw something out insulting, maybe, uh, like I did. Let's not talk about that. Uh, But just... (sighs) The Raiders found a way to lose this one, and I think that's the only way that the Chargers win these close games <laughs> is when the other team just finds a way to gut it out and come away with a loss. It's so sad that that is I – mean, and it's true. Like, the Chargers either find a way to lose the game
1: or the other team finds a way to lose the game. The Chargers never find a way to win the game. Yeah, which they is,
2: won because the other team missed an extra point and they kicked right. a cheap field goal at the end of the game. Like, that's not a normal – it's so
1: it must be so upsetting to be a chargers fan first of all because they left san diego and secondly because they just can't buy a win finally last game uh well i guess there's technically monday night football currently going on which last time i checked the titans are up against the indianapolis colts shocker um but last game sunday night football giants get their first win as well against the denver broncos who would have thought that coming uh only thing I'll say about this game is Orleans Darkwa. Go get him! I don't understand why he's so available in so many leagues. He had 117 yards on the ground and 21 carries. Clearly, is the favorite back in the in New York. The best run defense per DVOA uh, in their home in Denver. Which I think is a pretty dang good showing, if you ask me. He's available in ninety-two percent of Yahoo leagues. Last time I checked, though that number has probably rapidly risen since this morning. Um, he seems to be the guy in New York. And it also seems that the New York that the Giants have finally committed to at least some sort of some semblance of a run game now that half of their receiving core is dead. Um, so who knows? Also, Evan Ingram looks good. So there you go. But Orleans Darkwa, if you're running back needy or if you're looking for someone, a flex or even an RB2, and if you're looking to fill that hole because maybe of injury or whatnot, go get Orleans Darkwa, start him, thank me later.
2: Yeah, I think Evan Ingram looks good this year because there's just not much at tight end. We've mentioned a couple of guys tonight that like Austin Safarian Jenkins and Evan Ingram where unless you got Gronk, like <clears throat> some smart drafters were able to do a lot um there's just not much out there I mean Zach Ertz is number two in the league in fantasy points by a pretty good margin I mean once you get down to like the fourth fifth sixth tight end yeah it's looking pretty crappy so I think Evan Ingram is going to rise in that offense because he's competent and that's about all they have yep I agree
1: excellent we did it um That was the week six recap. You're welcome, everyone. Uh, Take our fantasy advice, ingest it, believe it, love it, make moves. Uh, We'll be back, of course, Thursday in your lovely earbuds as we chat about week seven and play fun games and be very jovial and our usual selves. Um, Until then, make sure to at the crud out of all of us, at Pete M. Rogers, at J. Barn 54 for John, at NFL Clark if you have so many grievances with everything that has been said this podcast make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes because that is nice of you to do uh follow us uh at RB1 podcast because why not we might
2: as well uh any final thoughts from you guys before we wrap the sucker up I got one, Pete. Whenever you hear someone talking about the NFL players' national anthem protest, please keep in mind it's not a protest about the anthem. Agreed. Uh, until
1: Thursday, remember, we care about your fantasy team. You
2: the
1: event.